0: Welcome to Haven Community Church. We just ask that you stand today and you're going to have to be um, extra, extra worshipful because our youth and some other non-youth, we'll call them that, um, are down in Ocean City and I'm sure they're really worshiping the Lord. So um, just welcome here. Let's just worship the Lord today.
1: I speak, Jesus,
2: cause your name is power, your name is healing, your name is
1: life. Break every stronghold, shine through the
2: shadows.
1: Of Jesus
0: During this time that um, not only will you speak to us um, during this time, but that in our lives we will just speak the name of Jesus so that we can lift it higher and higher. And that God, you will just um, bring your your peace and revival to each one of our hearts so that people will know there is a Savior who lives. And we love you so much, Jesus. So during this time, get us out of the way and put you right center and just speak to us, uh, love us, and may we just respond in praising and worshiping you. In Christ's name we pray. Everybody says... Amen. All right. At this time, our kids can head out to our Haven Kids. And um, somebody around you, find two people and say, good to see you today at church.
3: two years old i met my mom at the Impasa nutrition center where i came with my big brother to eat every day she was there to help feed all of us who came to eat i reached out for her to pick me up right away i love being in her arms we have special connection we loved each other from the beginning when things in my life changed in congo my mom and dad came to adopt me and bring me to the USA. I now had a blended family that reached across the ocean. Six months after I was adopted, my mom and I re- returned to Congo. Now, I was hoping to feed the children at Impassa where I used to be fed. My mom and dad were working on opening a new nutrition center. They named it Miriam's Table in honor. When I was little, I thought I was famous. Now I know it is a place that was created through me. For March one to be able to grow up strong and healthy. Today Miriam's Table is feeding 350 children. When I visit the children, love for me to play games. I like holding the little ones, helping serve and feed them. For the future of Miriam's Table, I hope that we can feed over more children. I know that. I know that we also hope for a health center for the children and their families to be able to receive the medical care that they need. I am thankful that God has chosen us to save children one bowl at a time. Thank you for helping our ministry.
4: so good. Um, I don't see any apples up here. What's up with that? Kidding. Uh, Miriam's table will be set up on both sides. They've got chapsticks, sunglasses, donate money towards their bowls. It's an amazing, I'll see you back there, Dot. Um, It is uh, an amazing um, mission and our church has been doing it for many years and we really outdo ourselves. And Emily and Wes, thank you for spearheading that and keeping it going. Um, I wanna uh, lift up some praises today. Judy Music is home from her surgery. She's had a couple crazy infections, but she is getting better. Bernie is home and doing well, stronger than before. Um, And we do have to lift up Eve. Mark's mom has gone to Union Hospital and we're trying to get her breathing under control and keep her good um jane is uh still healing from her surgery that's jen's mom and i do have a note on that prayers praise and prayers for jen's mom her surgery on friday was very successful and after a bit of swelling on saturday she is doing much better today so she's on the the trail to repairing Um, and lisa's mom sally really needs our prayers Um, she is uh, moving in to progressing into her her end-of-life phase um, and having a l- few more difficulties so we do truly want to keep her in prayer and we have another young lady Vicki who's there that we truly want to keep her in prayer also. Um, also, I, I want to thank everybody for your contribution to the nursing homes. That those baskets are kicking butt and we need to kick just a little more butt so there is a way you can donate online if you like because I have a whole week to order and even them out and then we'll be delivering them on the 19th or 20th so if you still want to contribute there's still time and I just thank you for all the things out there go through your old DVDs old movies and the stuff that just clutters bring them We'll get rid of them old books they love them um, Robin Hildebrandt has asked to lift her sister Jean. She's going to have kidney surgery tomorrow. Um, and I, the Blunt family, uh, they're from Elkton, I believe, and they had the loss of their um, son Gavin, really young man, had cancer, and um, his younger brother Bryson also has, his cancer has come back, and it's very aggressive. So that family really needs our prayers and our love sent to them. And Holly's asked me to shout out for her dad and her grandma and an unspoken prayer. So we will shout out for her and have all her prayers answered. Um, I think I got everything. Um, Oh, and Marge's knees. We just got to fix those knees. I put my hands on them, but that's not my gift. I wish it was because I'd heal them if I could. But I want us all to think about our youth for one minute. They are down. In Ocean City, I have just never seen so much joy in the uh, videos I'm getting, the pictures I'm getting, and my granddaughter's there, and I just feel so blessed that Jesus is in her heart this week, and that just makes me feel good all the way through to my toes and up to the top of my head or wherever, but it does. It makes me feel good because she's really enjoying herself and enjoying the love of God. Okay, now we're going to pray. My four-year-old grandson apparently doesn't want to go to the nursery. So he's with me today. All right, let's put our hands down on our knees. Give it to God. What did you wake up with this morning that was on your heart? Whatever it was, your health, your relationships, your finances, the neighbor that you want to kill the dog, you know, all those things that are on your heart. Give it to God. Let him take care of those things for you because he will. He will listen and he will hear you. Somebody's laughing because they have a dog next door they don't like. It's okay. We had one too. But God is in our hearts, in our minds all the time. He knows what's on our hearts. He knows when we've had a loss in our family how deeply and sincerely that 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 works on us. So keep that in mind. And I want you to lift your hands to God because he fills us with mercy, love, forgiveness, To be forgiven for our sins and to move forward every day in our life is such a blessing. We are so blessed to have a God like that. So let's put it up to him. Accept his praise. Accept his grace, his love, his power. And when we go out of here this week, go see The Jesus Revolution. It's a great movie. It's all about Jesus. And I think we're ready for another revolution for Jesus. And I think we should all be a part of that. And I want each and every one of you to have your prayers answered in God's name. And in his name, we pray these prayers. Amen. Got a little tongue twisted there. Sorry.
0: Good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's good. Um, they say it's got a little warmer today. That means it'll probably be about 20 the rest of the week. Uh, so we've been in that that deal. Um, so, but good to have everybody here today. Uh, so many things going on again. Um, Miriam's table. Um, what got me is um, is hearing her voice, hearing Miriam's voice, because um, she was just a little thing when we first started um, supporting them, and um, and so it's just pretty awesome to hear her growing up and and just. Um, just really uh, just really seeing how God's hand moved and all that. It's a great story. So any, any bit you can contribute or help out, we'd love to continue that ministry and expand it. Um, and again, as Joanna mentioned, keep praying for our, um, our youth, but more so pray for youth leaders. Anytime you pray for youth, pray for lo- youth leaders if you've ever done that. But, um, and Jen in, uh, is doing a great job with them, and I know that um, they're excited to be there and um, to increase. Also, something else I want to mention, we will show some video clips the next couple weeks Um, on May the 2nd, May the 2nd in Fair Hill. Anybody know where Fair Hill is? Okay, in Fair Hill, um, the God Loves You tour, which is done by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Society, um, will be. Um, they're they're going all the way up and down what they call the Tidewater area, which is up and down the um, the Chesapeake Bay area and, th- and all the way down the East Coast, and they will be doing a uh, just a time to celebrate Jesus. A condensed. Um, anybody ever? Anybody old enough that remember going to the Billy Graham Crusades? Anybody ever go there? Um, they used to be about three hours. It's not. Trust me. Um, um, it's about an hour and a half or so. And Franklin Graham is going to be coming, and they're going to have worship. And the goal is just, it's not political. He said, please make sure everybody and not do that, but it's an opportunity for people just to bring your friends to know Jesus. In the midst of that, they're also going to be doing some um, trainings um, in several different areas in the tri-state area where you can go ahead, and I'll put some of that information up. It's free. You can come uh, and learn how to share your faith. Uh, if you just And you don't have to, you can participate with them, or it's just a tool to be able to share your faith. And so I think that's a really cool thing. So we'll be putting some of that information out. And that's May the second. And then I believe on the twelfth in in Elkton um they will they're gonna have an all together um prayer worship um worship gathering. And there's a guy, I forget his name, um, but he is um, a former worship leader for, um, the, from the Brooklyn Tabernacle. So it'll be a great time just to, believe it or not, come together across denomination lines and actually be Christians, the body of Christ. It'd be kind of cool to do that. So um, I just wanted you to put that down as well. All right? Everybody good? All right, here we go. We are in week three of a series uh, on anxiety. And no, nobody here deals with anxiety. Am I correct? No. Not one person ever been ang- What about You might even just be a little bit anxious uh, about things because there's a lot to be anxious about in this world. You know that? Um, so, but we're, we're dealing with a series we started a couple weeks ago. If you missed any of that, please feel free to go ahead and, um, and get on the web, um, or you can, in front of you there's a QR code for the app if you want to connect there, but uh, all those things are just to, to connect and just to, um, to deal with this thing, because there's a lot of stuff that can make you anxious, probably, as I said the last couple weeks, probably my video did uh, at the beginning of, of the series, but... Um, one of the things I started with, and I wanted, I wanted to uh, share this again, is um, I wanted to thank you about something, because one of the things that you've allowed me to do, um, I, I guess you allowed me to do, I do it anyway, but thank you for not um, killing me about it, um, is you allow me to be myself, you allow me to be transparent. And in that, um, one of the things that I've always tried to do is to share uh, my own personal struggles in life and my own um, ups and downs. And so... Um, I want to thank you all for for um, appreciating that um, because I, I've talked to many peers, who uh, many uh, co, many pastor friends of mine, who uh, really don't feel like they can be transparent. In many situations, um, they f- feel like they don't have the freedom to actually just say, "Hey, I." I'm I'm human. Um, Some feel like they have to be perfect or almost perfect. And others um, have to deal with opinions of who pastors need to be. And so um, I'm Jack. I'm called by God to do this. And um, we all have a a gift and a calling. And so you allow me to be that way. Um, One of the the biggest interesting things is when people um, find out I'm a pastor or find out that people are pastors, they have a concept in their minds of what a pastor should be. I'm going to let you know I don't often make that cut, and um, and I thank God for that. <laughs> but um, so, uh, but one of the things is it's interesting how how those things happen. I actually dealt with something this week um, where somebody had a different opinion of uh, how I should be. Um, I'm like I've been there, done that for 52 years. But anyway, um, it's interesting and it's often funny how it's followed up with several times with people saying, you know, I'm not judging you. But it's just—I'm going to give you a hint. When somebody says they're not judging you, guess what they're doing? (laughs) Judging you. I hate to tell you that, but um, anyway, yeah. um, And and a lot of people will do that. So again, I just wanted to say thank you um, for doing that because I'm—I'm going to put myself out here a lot in this series, and um, and in this message we are talking about anxiety, and I want to—I want to reiterate one of the things I'm talking about. I'm talking about it from a spiritual aspect, and. And if we want to be true to this, and there's other aspects that we talked about. Several years ago, we did uh, Hope for Mental Health. You guys re- remember that series? And we really talked about mental health and how bad the church has been in embracing that. Um, but, uh, and so one of the things is, I do want to say that if you deal with anxiety or depression and other things, it needs to be addressed holistically. Um, it may be physiological, so you may need to address that with a doctor. Um, and it may be psychological where you have to deal with that with counselors and others or emotional. Uh, it can be situational, like you're going through a time in life where everything's just causing so much. So you might just need some time to deal with that, some time away, and just um, uh, some professional stuff to do with that. But um, where I'm focusing on mainly is the spiritual aspect of that in the series, because that's where my expertise is for 27 years. So, um, so that's where I want to focus on. But I really want to say if you really struggle with this, take the spiritual, but also address the other issues as well. Because we are created, as we learn Scripture, in the image of God, body, soul, and spirit, or body, mind, and spirit. And so we have to approach all those different areas. So what we've been doing, we've been looking at this verse from Philippians chapter 4. And in the context of this, Paul is writing um, to the church at Philippi. And um, Paul's being very strategic. One of his goals was to go to Rome to preach the gospel and... He thought Because he thought if he could get into Rome, he could connect to certain powerful people in Rome. And by doing so, it would help spread the news of Jesus Christ throughout the entire world. Now, at this time, Paul got to go to Rome, but he didn't go to, get to go to Rome as a preacher. He got to go to Rome as a prisoner. He was under house arrest um, and because he was a Roman citizen. They allowed him to rent his own house. Um, but in that, he had guards, Roman guards, that were there 24 hours a day and he was waiting a trial month after month, and um, one of the pe- the person who he appealed to to have trial was Nero. If anybody knows anything about Nero, not a good person you want to face um, in trial, because Nero was a little bit out there. But he was permitted to live in his own house. He was bound with a chain, so he kind of had a, had a chain that he walked around his little house in. Um, but And again, he would have guards that were there constantly um, with him. So now I find this interesting because he was a prisoner, but because he was a pr- prisoner in this house that people could come and see him. And one of the things was he would have um, people come and visit him and then he would give him letters and he'd send it off. But one of the coolest things was Paul went there as a prisoner, but as a prisoner, um, guards had to be there with him 24-7. And so they would switch off maybe like on eight hours or so. So Who's the prisoner here? Well, the whole eight hours, Paul had a new person coming in that he could preach to, and he used that opportunity time and time again. But Paul is in the situation facing possibly his death, which it ultimately was. And you can imagine, this may cause some anxiety in your life. And, but out of that context, he writes these words, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I will say rejoice. Now, does that seem kind of ridiculous? Because I can tell you the other week there was this game called the Super Bowl, and it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. Um, Satan is alive and well, um, just to let you know. But, um, but I was not rejoicing squat after that zeros came up on the board, or after that flag was on. I was not rejoicing in that moment. And there's other things that are major that I haven't um, rejoiced with. I know you guys were rejoicing because you're uh, KC fans. but But I'm saying there's several things in life, that when we see rejoice, and, and a lot of times we get this opinion that Paul is like just living life up and he's stained glass Paul and he's saying, oh, rejoice, rejoice. No, he's in a prison facing death and he says, with a chain around him and he's writing, I hey, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say, I'll say it again, rejoice. And that makes no sense. Now, that's a good little phrase for a t-shirt or a magnet or a bumper sticker, if people still have bumper stickers. Um, or let's, let's bring it up to this time, a refrigerator magnet or a meme that says, rejoice in the Lord always. Um, it's great to quote to your friends. Just don't do it when they're dealing with anxiety, because anybody like me, you hate when people start quoting Scripture when you're not feeling it. You know, like you know it, you've read it, you, you, you internalize it, and you're like, no, don't tell me that, you know. Um... But anyway, like when you have a flat tire on the side of I-95 and nobody stops to help you, are you? And it's minus five degrees, or worse, it's 105 degrees with high humidity, as it is around here. Are you saying, "Oh, rejoice in the Lord"? No? Are you, are you going to do that? Uh, are you going to rejoice when you lose your job? Are you going to rejoice when you don't know how to pay your bills? Are you going to rejoice when your friends betray you? Are you going to rejoice when you find out that, that, that your child is making horrible decisions? Are you going to rejoice when you can't sleep at night and you have insomnia and you're tossing back and forth? Are you going to rejoice when the anxiety in your life is so real and so heavy that you don't even want to leave your, your house or even your bed? Is that when you're going to rejoice? Are you saying, really, Paul, rejoice then? But Paul says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm going to say it again, rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Because the Lord is what? You remember week, week one we were talking about how come when, when anxiety and everything's happening and we used, talked about Elijah when he went down to the cave and after Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And he says, go out and stand before the Lord and, and the, the rocks broke open. he had an earth earth um, going, you had wind and you had fire. And remember we said it was like the old group, earth, wind and fire. And it was like all oh, this noise. And it's every time he says, God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. God wasn't in this. But then he gave a gentle whisper, and what we said is the reason why God doesn't have to yell is because He's near, and nobody has to yell when you're standing near to them. God is near, and He's whispering in these things. So the Lord is near. Then this word, this section that we don't like: don't be anxious about anything, about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we talked about that last week. Um, No matter what you're going through, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make sense, but you're just going to have this peace that comes over you, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a powerful verse, but what a hard verse to live out in our lives. Um, time and time again. How could Paul rejoice? How could he possibly rejoice when he's locked up facing uncertainty and death? He wanted to be a, a preacher in Rome, but now he's a prisoner. So today, what we're going to do, um, the title of today's message is A Fresh Perspective. Anybody kind of need a fresh perspective in life? Like sometimes just looking at things the way we have just doesn't seem uh, to be to be the thing that we need anymore. We're just kind of going along. And so what, is, what does perspective mean? Perspective just means how you see something. Okay, and, um, and they're two different br- people can take two different perspectives on the same, um, the same exact thing. And the word in Latin, I like to make myself tal- intelligent, so I'll use Latin and Greek. But anyway, um, it's a word that's very close to perceive, and it means to look through, to look through. Now, I'm going to date some of you by your age right now, um, that if you, if you had anything, you remember anything about the 90s, you will remember something that looks kind of like this? Um, can you show one up here, I'm real quick? Here we go. Like uh, it's a picture. Anybody remember these things? Magic eyes? Anybody remember these? If you if you don't, you just yeah, you you have, you're not as old as me. Um, all right, but if you look at that thing, remember you would go up and you stand at a window and you'd be like, and somebody's like, "Oh no, that's that's popping out." I can see the ones who know what you're doing because you're going. And and you kind of look. If you just look, and you try to look, the harder you look, the worse it is. You can't see. Am I right? Wait. Anybody get it yet? Anybody get that one? There's a couple of hands right there. Okay. So I you know I remember going and seeing these things, and I could not see them, not at all. I would go and I'd stand. I'd be so mad. I'd be standing. I'm like. I, like, make up stuff. It's a shark. No, it's not a shark. I'm like, I'm like, you sit there and you just look and you look and look. And, and you know, I, I was so frustrated about not seeing it. Um, anybody relate to me in that? So frustrated with not seeing it. And then, you know, I was determined one day. I was up at Christiana Mall and they had it in, like, in like some poster or something. And I'm looking. I'm determined. I am not leaving here. I will be a pile of dust before I leave. I'm going to see this thing. And and I, I tried. And then someone told me, hey, um... What you need to do is you, you got to, like, relax. You got to relax, and you got to kind of, like, look at it, but not look at it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been looking at the dumb thing for years, I guess. And, no, there's like, look through it. Like, kind of kind of look through it. I can see you guys doing it. It's awesome. <laughs> I wish you had my vantage point. You're all like. <laughs> so, but, yeah, you can't look through something and go, you got to go. All right. But, anyway, so, um, so you, you know, it may be ducks, it may be penguins, it may be stadiums, it may be houses or horses, it may be Statue of Liberty, sailboats, Jesus and the Last Supper, and all that kind of stuff. But I, but I did that. And then I remember I sat there and just kind of said, okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relax my eyes. And then it popped out at me. Anybody get this one? Who got it? Anybody see the glasses up there? Yeah, that one's glasses. Maybe you're not good at that one, okay? Maybe you're not good at that. Let's try this next one. Nope. Nope. I, it's funny. I'm, wa- I'm watching the people who are really struggling. The people who are like, look through it. Come on, look through it. Rings. Next one. This is a really cool one. Yeah, yeah, it's there. Trust me. Next one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Who got it? A lion. There is. There's a couple lions in there. All right. You guys are going to just rewind the sermon to look at this later. I know. Um, okay. And you're doing exactly what I did. You saw it and you're like, oh, there I got it, all right? All right, uh, all right. this one? <laughs> no, you're looking at the pictures now. It's Jesus. You got to be safe to see it. So anyway, I'm just, <laughs> just it is Jesus. I'm just joking. It's okay. See, this is the reaction I had. Thank you. You're helping out. Like you're looking at things and the people who see it, you felt like they knew something you didn't. They were special and they didn't have it. And you're like, oh, you know, no. And, and you finally could see it. You're like, I want to see Jesus. Uh, but it's there. Trust me, because um, I sat hours looking at my computer screen. It's there. Um, and you know, you can, they actually have an app or something now that you can make your own. I've just ruined your whole day, haven't I? You're going to be doing that. But, but you know, at that moment, when you see it, you're like, woo! victory. Yes, I got it. I got it. Yay. And then you turn your head and then it goes away and you're like, I can't find it again, but I know I saw it. And, and these things, you got to look through it. And, you know, our perspective at looking, if you just look and you're just seeing doves and stuff, that's all you're going to see. But when you look through it and relax, you see something completely different. All right? And, and so, you know, our perspective is important, and things are about perspective. So I kind of wanted to show you some pictures of how people took pictures that brought about perspective. Let's look at this one. I know there's bad drivers, but really? <laughs> All right? You know, that's, that's an interesting perspective that we have there. Um, and you know, I, cats I like or don't, but this one is a very interesting one. It may come from Amazon. I don't know. Um, <laughs> All right? Perspective, correct? Um, and, and, you know, uh, people work hard and they need to relax. And this guy, I'm sure, it really takes a lot of effort to make it through the day. Um, right there. <laughs> you know, perspective. Um, so uh, And then then this, uh, you know, I know that people talk about shedding light on things in life. You ever heard somebody say shed light? Um, I think this is a little too much, though, um, if I would agree. All right? So... Um, <laughs> Perspective, am I right? Perspective. Perspective. I heard it was a crappy concert. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, That's funny. Um, Anyway, so today what I want to do is I want to talk about a fresh perspective. And that perspective is the perspective of praise. The perspective of praise. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. There was a guy named Bill. And saw an ad online for a Christian horse. Anybody wanted to buy a Christian horse? And he said, what is a Christian horse? So he decided to go ahead and he said, I just want to see this. And he went over and he, he saw the person and he said, could you explain to me what a Christian horse is? And the owner said, well, you know, it's, it's easy to ride him. If you want to, you get on his back and to go, you just say, praise the Lord. He said, really? I don't believe you. He said, watch. He gets on it and goes. Praise the Lord. The horse goes. He said, if you really wanted to to gallop, you say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the horse just just starts going. And he's like, really? He said, yeah. He said, watch. So he goes, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And that horse just. just And he's like, well, how do you get him to stop? He said, you say amen. And the horse. He said, really? You say praise the Lord and it takes off. Yep. You say, he said, amen. Yep, that's how it works. He said, that's awesome. So they talked a little bit longer. He said, okay, I want to buy him. I, I want to I buy him. How much? He said, they worked out a deal, and he bought him. So he said, okay, I'm going I'm to ride him. I'm, I'm going to ride him now because this is great. So he gets on it, and he says, praise the Lord. He starts going, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He likes speed. He said, let's open this horse up. Third praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this horse is just rolling, 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 rolling. Praise the Lord. He's like. He's passing cars. He's doing everything. Praise the Lord! And up ahead of him, he sees a cliff. And he's like, he's like, Hallelujah! Horse is not doing anything. He's like, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, uh, glory, glory. And he's like, no, he forgot. He forgot. He's going. He's going. He's going. He gets close to the edge. He says, Amen. And the horse goes, Arr! and stops. And he went, Praise the Lord. <laughs> All, right. All right. You like that when I say good. I'll mark that one down for news and later. All right. Um, yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have so many situations in life where we just need to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's all about perspective. The Apostle Paul could have had a perspective that was so negative. He could have had one say, said, this is not good. This is not good at all. I'm in a really bad situation. What am I going to do here? What, what's going to happen? Should I just like, you know... Say, "Yeah, I was just joking about this, or whatever saved my life. My ministry's over. My dreams are done. I wanted to preach to everybody here in Rome, but now I'm in prison." But he could have had this approach, and I'm going to give you um, this—the same this verse from Philippians chapter one, verses twelve and thirteen, um, from the B.P.B. version of the Bible, the Bad Perspective Bible, and. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me—what does it say? It's really crap. God let me down. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety, depression, and hopelessness. I'm here. He could have had, I'm here, chained, and I got these guys coming in, these Roman guys all the time because of this living hell. You know, I, I've been through. I'm just. I'm quitting small group, and I'm never going back to church. <laughs> That's a bad perspective, Bible. And far too often, we read from that, we and live from that. Like we may read from, a, from the Word of God, but we may live our lives from the bad perspective Bible. And we can relate to that, that our anxiety is going through the roof and getting worse. And, but what did Paul do? Here's what he did. He looked at a very bad situation. And it was really bad. And it ultimately led in his, his death, according to tradition, it led to his beheading. But he looked at it with a different perspective. He looked at it at the perspective of rejoicing in the Lord, which means praising. He chose to praise God above all things through his fresh perspective of praise. So here's the same verse and what he really said. He said, now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, all these things look really, really bad. But all these things that have been bad have actually, have actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everything else that I am in change for Christ. Is that a perspective? That is a perspective. If, you know, if there are people today around the world that are in chains for Christ. And many, I, often many times, if, if I was arrested for my faith, would I look at the approach like, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm in chains for Christ, so I'm going to rejoice. I don't think so, many times. I would be upset. I'd be calling attorneys to get me out and travesty of justice, where for him... Paul says, no, 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 this is good because I wanted to come as a preacher. But guess what? I got more connection than I ever have to the Roman soldiers and and people from inner inner houses and powerful people are coming to, to Rome to visit me. But all this, no matter what I'm dealing with, is all to advance the gospel. You know, he looked at this perspective and said, something's different here. He said, I realize my God will never leave me or forsake me, that no weapon formed against me will prosper, that, he works, that God works in all things for the good of those who love him. Therefore, i got a fresh perspective, this perspective of praise. So I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to keep on rejoicing in the Lord. I'm going to keep on doing it. And it's advanced the gospel. And, and they thought I was a prisoner, but look who the prisoner is now. All these people have to come see me. You see... We can look at a situation, we can see it as very bad and horrible, or we can have a fresh perspective, the perspective of praise. God, now I want to look at it this way. I actually see that you're in this, and I I see that you're moving. What actually has happened is going to lift your son's name higher and higher. And, And you know what's really interesting about that? How could Paul do that? Because this was not the first time Paul had been in prison. I often, I often saw something years ago that wrote down it's, and it um, had an application for a pastoral candidate and it said, I've been um, arrested and put in jail many times. I've been beaten. I've been, had rocks thrown at me and killed. I've been on trial before the top of the government and I want to be your pastor. <laughs> and most people would not allow Paul to be their pastor now because he went through these things. But if we look at this, he, he had been in prison numerous times. And we know several. And so what I want to do in, um, today is I want to go to Acts chapter 16, where, um, where Paul and Silas, that was his, his partner this time, they were heading to the, the area to pray, or they were headed to their small group, or they were headed to church, or their Bible study, or what have you. And they were on their way, or their, their way to a um, to, uh, praise team or whatever. And the Scripture tells us that on the way, um, as they were walking... There was a slave girl who um, her owners made lots of money at her because she, uh, she would tell, like, uh, things about people that they didn't know. And she would make lots of money. So as they're walking, the Scripture says that she followed Paul and the rest of us, Luke writes, and she's shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. I'm sure first when they, she probably said that, Paul's like, oh, thank you. But it says she kept it up. Anybody ever been in a car with kids that just say the same thing over and over again? How long does it take to get on your nerves? All right. So I think Paul was in the same situation here. And, and it says she kept this up for many days. Everywhere Paul's going, these are the servants of the Most High. God, they're telling you a way to be saved. Yeah, thanks. Day three, these are the servants of the Most High. And he's probably like, ah, you know. And it says it, And I love what the Scripture says here. It says, finally, Paul became so annoyed. Don't you love that, that Paul is annoyed? That he turned to her and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out, out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Now, for her, that's good. And for Paul's ears, that's really good. But for the owners, they didn't find it very good because they took, he took their moneymaker. And It says the owners realized that their hope of making money was now gone. And so they, what they do, they went right over and grabbed Paul and Silas in the market and they dragged him into the marketplace. To face the authorities and they brought him in front of the magistrates and they said, These men are Jews, throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. This is in Philippi and he, and when they when they cast this evil spirit on the woman, what happened is they got a beat down. Everybody started beating on them and hitting them. Because it says in, in uh, Acts 16, it says, The crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. That is not a good day. You're just going to pray. This girl won't shut up for a whole week. You cast the demon out. And then everybody's mad at you. And they beat you up. And not only do they beat you up. What do they do? They go ahead and strip you down and say, our fists aren't good enough, we're going to beat you with some clubs. That doesn't feel like a good day. Now I'm hoping in your week, none of you are going to be beaten up, stripped down and beaten with rods. But some of you this week and throughout your life have been stripped of your dignity, stripped of your confidence, stripped of your faith at certain moments. You're trying to have faith, but you just don't have enough Right now, and you're being beaten down. Being beat down with pressure, with anxiety, with depression, with opinions and reactions of others that are coming your way. And you're doing everything you can do to just get a little point of your faith, let alone rejoice. But that anxiety feels so real and so weighty that you can't press through it and you're struggling. See, Paul and Silas were doing everything right. They weren't bothering anybody. They were just going to pray. And they ended up beaten, stripped and beaten, and thrown into prison. Now, for a moment, I want you to visualize with me. They're in prison, bleeding, clothes ripped, if they had any, broken bones, ribs, fingers, nose, Bruises, cuts, and scrapes all over their body. And they're sitting there in this dusty, dirty prison, chained. And what we learned is that they were put in stocks. Their feet were put in stocks, so they're they're there, but their feet are in a stock like this, and they're just sitting there all bloodied and beaten and scratched up. Doesn't it seem like praise and worship is the last thing you want to do? You know, they, they, what do they do? They said, you know, wow, hey, look, you got a good one there. Man, oh, I'm so sore. Um, hey, let's have a worship night. <laughs> you know, it's equal to us that finding out somebody you love dearly has cancer. And you say, all right, let's sing How Great Is Our God or How Great Thou Art. Or, hey, I just discovered my kid has been on drugs for a while. And you say, let's, let's sing God, You're So Good. Or your family is in a car accident. One dies and two are in critical condition. And you can say, it is well with my soul. Seems completely different. How did they do that? They took on a different perspective, a perspective of praise. Now, I can, for those of you who have been here for a while, you understand. Over the last several years, I've had a lot come at me. I had, um, and just to update everybody, I had the deaths of two parents in um, both my parents within four months. I had one of my best friends ever in the world die six months after that. I had one of my mentors, um, Reverend John Hobbs, who died um, from pulmonary embolisms and complications with COVID six months after that. And then a year later, um, just last month, I lost the last mentor of um, my spiritual mentor that was there, and so there was a lot of things had a lot of other things, some things familial, some attacks toward me, um, and all kinds of other things that were going on and and so um, I, I carried around with me um, this this uh, this anxiety of what's going to happen next? You know what I mean? Many of you have lived through those moments, all right? We have one thing after the next, after the next, or maybe one major thing or what have you. And you're wondering, what's next? What's next? So so I got to the point that many times I would get actually numb to saying, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look up. I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep on moving forward because something's coming from the side. So I'm just going to keep on moving. You know what I mean? And, and you kept dealing, I kept dealing with that and, and, um, and so, so you have that time and time again. And, and so in looking at that, you know, uh, I, I, I started thinking about think, trying to get the right help in a holistic way. Um, continued working out. Um, continued seeing a counselor. Continued talking to um, people who were... Who, um, we're Christians. Continue to spend time myself, which is torturous um, a lot of times. And um, but what what I had to start doing in that is because it's so easy in those situations to get focused on everything that's wrong. You're right. When your kids are hurting, you don't think about anything else. Like you may have, like I have five kids. But if one of them's hurting, I'm not fully focusing on the ones that are doing good. You're with me. Um, and so so you, you deal with that, and then. What you have to do is you have to start changing your perspective, and it's hard. And what I started learning is that um, one of my counselors just started started to say, hey, let's look at some other things in life. And we started unpacking some of the things that are good and some of the other possibilities. And often we panic and and deal with that so much because we forget to look at what's right. And I don't know who this is um, for right now, but there's someone here or someone in the sound that you may have One, two, or maybe 25 issues, and it's big, and I'm not minimizing that at all. They're big, they're real, but don't forget to look at the whole picture. Do you have friends? Perhaps you do. Do you have your health? Perhaps you do. Do you still have a tiny mustard seed of faith? Because if you have a tiny bit of faith, you can tell the mountain, get out of the way in the name of Jesus. Do you have a church community of people that love and care for you? Don't just look at what's wrong. Because if we look at what's wrong, anxiety, depression will take over. So how could Paul and Silas, when they've been beaten, falsely charged, worship God? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking that here they are. And keep in mind, they didn't have, like, lights that they turned on. And I'm sure that they didn't really keep the light on all the time for the prisoners. So, um, you know, maybe Paul bleeding and wiping his nose and... He's cleaning his scratches, Say, Hey, you know what? Sai?" because you probably call him si, Um, because you're your buddies, you always call him Sai. Say, Hey, si, um, we ain't dead. He's like, Yeah, no, Paul, we ain't dead. I mean, this ain't a great situation, but we ain't dead. He said, You know what? We ain't dead. We ain't done. So let's just keep on going. Let's just keep on going. And so look at this. Now, remember, I said it's dark. It gets dark. Let's give him seven o'clock. All right? Let's give him seven o'clock. It gets dark. Look at this verse. It says, about midnight, it's probably pretty dark. And they're probably pretty sore. About midnight, they decided to break into praise and worship. And the other prisoners were listening to them. The other prisoners didn't have a choice because they stuck them in the middle of the jail. And in the middle of the night, they're probably sleeping. And all of a sudden... How great is our God? Who in the world, right? And they're praising God in the midst of that prison. They're beaten up, they're broken up, they're bound up. And, you know, God had not delivered them from this prison, there was no miraculous provision. But they were praising God for something important, and this is the first thing. They were praising God for the what, not for the what, but for the who. Don't praise God for the what he can do for you. Don't praise God for the what happens and what's going to happen. Praise God for who he is, for who he is. Praise always comes before provision. Praise God for the character, for the fact that he is God and that you are not. It was praise that they had not seen displayed yet. It wasn't just praise for, oh, God can, God's going to do this. God may do this if we pray. It's not if we praise him, maybe this will happen. It was praise God for who he is, regardless of our circumstances. Now, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert here. If you don't know what happens, I'm going to give you the rest of the story right now. In the middle of their praise, God shows up. God shakes the cell with an earthquake. Doors are going to swing open. Chains are going to fall off. And you say, why did I tell you that now? Because Paul isn't, we started this, Paul is writing, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, rejoice. How can he say that? Because he knew what God did before. And he knew who God is. And he knows if God wants to go ahead and release him from the Roman prison, he's going to do it. But he also knows that if God doesn't, he is still God. And he's cool with it either way. And God did not do this when he was in the prison in Rome. But he says, that's okay. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. Because I know he is still God. Paul knew God could deliver him and he still praises even if he doesn't. He rejoices and rejoices. And I got to tell you, when some of this kind of hit me in my own personal life, I, and, I know, and I want to tell you, I know that my situation is not worse than anybody else's. And I'm not looking for sympathy. Um, everybody's got their stuff. I'm just kind of sharing here. Um, but... When I when I think uh, of several things, I started I, when I was in some of my lowest points. I'm kind of thinking, well, what do I do about this? 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 And um, and then I'm thinking, well, what do I tell the church to do? I mean, that came to me. I'm like, what do I tell the church to do? I'm like, eh, I tell them to praise God, regardless of you know, you know what I mean, <laughs> right? You ever been to that point? Like you're like, oh, praise God, and then when it comes to you, you're like, yeah, okay, praise, you know, thank you, Jesus. You know, you know what I mean? And so. I took some time and started to do that. I needed to change some stuff in the way I did that praise of the Lord. I realized I needed to to just shift some things in to really connect to God. And, um, and I forced myself to stop and just to do a little bit of praise. And at first it was more of a forced, half-committed, all right, yeah, um, praise you God, you know, it's all good, God. Um, and then... You know, my mind would wander all over the place. And I said, okay, well, I got to get out of this environment. And then I realized, okay, I'm just going to park my car. And before I can go anywhere, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going I'm to read God's word. I'm going I'm to have a devotion. I'm going I'm to do some praise and worship. And I started doing it more. I started doing it more, and I started doing it more. And, you know, my mind always wanders, and it happens, but the focus began to change. It changed from having to do this, and it changed from off of the loss and off of the pain and off of the struggle and off the anxiety and off the depression. It went off of that, and it became, when it started off as a real force, as a force thing, it changed into a real praise. It changed into a deep relationship and a deep relating to God, it, it changed into a thankful heart. Even though the heart is still broken, it was thankful for God and the people in my life. It began to focus on God, not myself, because I'll tell you, for a long time, it was like, God, you got to get me out of this. I'm a, God, here I am again. God, do something. God, you know, that was it. And then it just became still. I mean, listen, I'm not talking, right? Anybody been there with me? And then it became a genuine expression of feelings. I challenge you to look through the Psalms. David is not just saying, hey, God, everything's great. He's saying, God, I am torn apart. But you're God. Always, but you're God. He had the same approach that, that Paul did. And Paul had the same one then. And then God started me wanting to use my gifts and talents, not for worship service, but for me and him. Whether I sing or, or play guitar or praise God in community, and then you start to move to a point, God, regardless of this, you're still God. And I trust you, and you've always come through for me, and you're the God who provides." And then my response started to be um, when people would say, I'm so sorry to hear about all the people that passed on. And then, you know, me with my humor, I started to say, I'm starting to get more people over there I like than people here, you know. And then you start to get a hunger for, for seeing them again, and a hunger for getting to where God is, and to worshiping him, one that I didn't have because I was living life. And my perspective changed that we're all just passing through. So in the midst of the struggle, it dawned on me that in my life struggles and hard situations and anxiety and pain and all those things, though through a bad perspective, I learned more than ever that I can't handle this. But through a perspective of praise, I want you to know that I've come to the point of all this happened to me to serve to advance the gospel. And everything I've gone through and everything I'm going through and everything I will go through, if I take the perspective of praise and recognize whatever I go through, as long as it advances the gospel, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm not going to tell you that that anxiety just goes away because it may not. There's moments. And there's times. And there may be days. There may be weeks. But come back to praising him. Come back to praising him. And so if you can realize that all your struggles and anxiety and battles and things, if all that gets you to a place, gets you to a place where people who are hurting can come to a relationship with Jesus' life-giving salvation, filling their lives with life and hope and faith, even if it takes some real depression, anxiety and challenge and hurt to get me into the place of effectiveness, it's no longer why not me, Lord, it's of course me, Lord. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lord. And so there's a change in perspective. So now let's let's imagine Paul and Silas, right? His name's Silas. Paul and Silas. They're beaten, they're bloody, they're in prison and they decide to worship. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and the other prisoners were listening to him. And boom, all of a sudden God shows up. And when God shows up, he doesn't show up always like he did before. But he shows up right in the middle of the praise. He interrupted their song with an earthquake. God, like, boom! They're singing singing a a worship song. Um, They're singing, uh, you know, um, whatever they're going to sing. Whatever, you pick one, all right? Um, And they do it. And he shows up when? During their praise. Shows up in. You know what the Scripture says? It says God does what? Inhabits our praise. So if we want to know where God is and why he's not showing up, maybe we need to check our praise. Because he inhabits when we praise him, when we praise him nonstop. And look what happens here. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. And how many people's chains fell loose? You think those other prisoners are glad that they had a worship service in the middle that woke them up? Exactly right now, every chain fell off right then. And we learned something here. In the middle of the night, there's no reason to praise God. There's no visible entity. They're bleeding. They're broken. They're, they're facing whatever. And Paul leans over and says, hey, Sy, si, you awake? He said, yep, sure am. He says, Sai, I was thinking. What's that, Paul? He said, I was thinking, ma'am, you know, we're still alive. We got breath. Remember I said, you know, we ain't dead. We ain't done. And, and God is still in control. God is still on the throne. And if God is for us and Jesus is alive and going on our behalf at the right hand of the Father, then, you know what, let's just start to praise him a little bit right now. And, and so I didn't go, you know, it's the middle of the night, dude. And he said, all right, that's a great idea. What song do you want to sing? And he said, let's sing God is able. And so he starts singing it to the top of his lungs. Here they are, singing songs. They're worshiping God for who he is, not for what he can do. And in the middle of their praise, the ground shakes and the doors fly open and their chains and their stocks come off in the middle of their praise. And what I want you to know is sometimes your praise is the key that unlocks the door and causes the chains to fall. Sometimes it's your praise. Sometimes you can work enough. Sometimes you can pray enough. Sometimes you can go to enough Bible studies. Sometimes you can do all. You can lift, listen to many podcasts. But it's your praise that causes the doors to open and the chains to fall. It's a change. God loves when you praise Him. He loves that moment. And look at what happens. Everything shook, and the jailer comes in and calls for the lights. He rushes in. He fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. The jailer, what we learned, was about ready to take his life because he was told, don't let these suckers get away. Hold on to them. So he put them in the middle. He put his guards there. This earthquake hits, and now everybody's free. Everybody's free. The jailer was sleeping. How do we know? Let's look at Acts 27. Let's go back and look. He says, the jailer woke up. You know why he woke up? Because it's midnight. And he's asleep. It's dark. He had put all security there. Everything was good. And then an earthquake woke him up. And he ran. And he, what did he see? He saw all the prison doors were open. And he drew his sword out. Why? Because he was about to kill himself. Here's this jailer that goes to bed with all security and he's in charge and everything. And a praise and service worship caused God to show up to the point that everything that he put his faith in was gone in a moment and he was going to take his life. The anxiety that he saw with the prison doors open caused him a weightiness that he wanted to take his life away. And many of us will be going through life thinking everything's secure, everything's wonderful, that we go to sleep and we wake up and everything changes. And if we have the wrong perspective, we will be in a point of depression and anxiety so much that we want to die. But Paul says, wait, 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 don't harm yourself. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because he thought all the prisoners escaped. Look what Paul says here. Don't harm yourself. We are how many? None of the other prisoners left. Not one of them left. Not one. And to me, that makes me go, What? I would have been creeping out right away. All right, um, but no, none of them did that. What happens here? Because at times your praise is a demonstration and witness to other people. The jailer was going to kill himself, and everybody else stayed there, and and they they worshipped and they continued to worship, and the jailer comes, he sees the doors open, wants to kill himself, but he he doesn't. Why? And here's why I believe, here's why I fully believe. I can't prove it, but go with it. I'm a preacher today, so here we go. All right. Um, So why did nobody else leave? Because they were all worshiping God. And when you are in the presence of God, when God's presence fills the place and what you've been bound to for years because of your praise falls off, you don't want to leave that place. They didn't care, they didn't need freedom outside because they had a freedom inside that they never had. And the praise of Paul and Silas flowed into every ounce of that prison. And you know what else it did? It flowed into the jailer's house and his family. And they all came and it says that they all became Christians. He said, what do I need to do? You see, he changed, the praise perspective caused him to say, I need Jesus. And Paul said, what do you need to do? You need to believe. Just believe in Jesus. And I'm not just saying just know about him, but just believe in him and worship and praise him, and praise him. And we never hear, and, and you know what, at the moment when he, he did that, all his, his depression and anxiety went away for him. What's the last thing that I wanna to do today? I wanna to give you this one. Your praise is a weapon. Your praise is a weapon. In 2 Chronicles 20, 21 through 22, uh, Jehoshaphat, who is the king of, of Judah, they're dealing with things. They have a lot of people who are against them. They've been in this battle. They've been annoyed for several times. And they've got great warriors, but still they're having some problems. And it says, Jehoshaphat, he, he explained his plan and appointed men to march in front of the army. Now, I, I've never been in the military, but I know a lot of people are. If you are putting the ones in the military, they're your fighters, Correct. They're the ones who are going to be scrappy. They're the ones who are skilled to get in and do the things. That's the ones, that's your infantry. You want them up front. And so it says he had them march in front. And who are the ones? They're in front of the army and they're to do what? Praise the Lord. He led his battle with praise. And what did they say? Praise the Lord for your love endures forever. Your love continues on and on. And as they began singing, look what the Lord did. The Lord confused the enemy camp so that the Ammonite and the Moabite troops attacked and completely destroyed those from Edom. And then they turned on each other and fought until the camp got wiped out. I'm going to tell you, if you got people coming at you, if you feel like it's all hitting you, it's hitting you right again, don't follow up with praise at the end. Lead your battle with praise. Lead, first off, before you go in to a courtroom, say, start praising the Lord. Before you go in to that struggle that you have with that co-worker, Start praising the Lord. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. And when you lead, God goes before you. And what happens out here, he will fight those battles. He will confuse them. And before you know it, the two people that didn't like you will start fighting with each other. And you can just kick back and say, praise the Lord. Right? Often we come to praising the Lord at the end of it or while we're in the middle of our pain rather than leading with it. Lead with praising the Lord. Very quickly here. I'm going to kick it into high gear. Some ways that we can praise the Lord. Sorry, could you say that again? Yeah, I will. All right. She's getting a little mouthy. She's doing this every week now. But anyway, um, Siri wants to be saved. Okay, Siri, um, I don't say that. All right. Praise God. How do you praise God? Through singing and music. Through singing and music couple verses of Scripture, Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says this. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Number two, how do we praise God? We praise him through prayer. Acts 2, 42 says he devoted himself to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Colossians said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Uh, Number three, we praise God through doing good works and service. Um, Hebrews 13 says, and do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifice, God is pleased. In Galatians chapter 5, serve one another humbly in love. And number four, praise God through relationship and friendship. In Ecclesiastes 4 it says, "Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves." Psalm 131 verse 1 says, "How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, and God's people live together." in unity. Oh my, wouldn't that be great in our world? Wouldn't it be great in the church of the Lord if brothers and sisters could come together in unity? You see, one of the things that we do is we focus so much on our differences in the world, and guess what, I'm gonna tell you, everybody in here is different because you're uniquely created by God, and that's a good thing. That means God's giving you unique gifts and talents. He's giving you a personality. Some of yours is better than others, but anyway, God's given it to you. (laughs) God give you natural gifts and spiritual gifts. But if we always focus about how we're different, we're never going to come together because our unity is in Jesus Christ. That's it. And guess what? Without Him, we have nothing. All right? And the last thing in Colossians chapter 3, it says, let the word of Christ, the message, that's the version that's in. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of your house. Give it plenty of room in your lives instruct and direct one another, using good common sense. Boy, do we need a good dose of that anymore. And what do you have to do in praising God with each other? Sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail of your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. If you're dealing with some anxiety, it's okay. Just praise Him just praise him. And he's going to show up in the midst of it. He's going to show up. I know that. Please stand. Let's, let's just pray. Let's pray and let's worship the Lord. God, I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice. I thank you um, that you've just, um, you've gathered us here. Or you, um, that you have a plan for each one of our lives. Lord, I thank you for the, um, the Word of God. I thank you for Paul and Silas. I mean, they didn't have it easy. And life got kind of rough at times. But they never gave up. They didn't change and, and buy into the perspective of pain and the perspective of, of loss and all those things. They just instilled the perspective of praise. So God, for those of us here who have issues, and I'm saying we got major things going on. We don't want to minimize that. We've got loss. We've got pain. We've got brokenness. We've got all those things. Let's not minimize that one bit. But I pray that as uh, Michelle led, led us in singing before, that in the midst of all of our struggles, in the midst of all those things, that we will speak the name of Jesus. That we'll sing and and, you know, maybe the, the person who's, uh, you know, they say misery loves company. And maybe the person that we're sitting there with that's sharing with us in, in, our, in our downtime, and our misery, in our, in our focus, and our hurt. And we just look at him and say, hey, Sai, let's worship God. Because we ain't dead, we ain't done. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll just go ahead and speak to us right now. There are those people here who have been bound up, broken up, beaten up, chained up for far too long. And I pray that today some of those chains in the midst of their praise, not only here, but that they'll continue praising you, will begin to fall, begin to open up, and that praise will be contagious. And that God, whatever battles we're facing we'll we'll put worship and praise right up front as you'll go before us so God right now now I know there's some people who really want to deal with that, so I pray that they'll go ahead and just first of all just god you'll you'll deal with their hearts It's through their worship that and, and their praise that they'll feel the chains loosen up and fall. And then they'll recognize there's some people in the front and in the back who are here to pray with them. But more important than that, they're here to journey with them and that, God, they can, they, they can just, just bask in their freedom. So, Lord, we thank you for, for being that chain breaker, the one who frees the prisoner. So, God, I just thank you for ministries like Miriam's Table. That a little girl who was in a rough situation in life. God, you sent the Kiefer's there and you put people together. And more importantly than just specifically for them, God, you've touched so many people in the Democratic Republic Republic of Congo. And you're going to do so much more. I thank you for Pastor Oog in Haiti and the fact that he got married last week and that he didn't even take time. He's already talking about what else he can do great for the community and for the kingdom of God. Pray for our church, brothers and sisters there and around the world. And so, God, I thank you for the giving of the people here. So as we receive your tithe and our offerings now, God, I ask that you send your anointing, and your power on them. Multiply them and use them to further your kingdom. If you're visiting today, just receive. We don't expect you to give. We just want you to know that God loves you and has an awesome plan for your life through Jesus Christ. So God, let's just worship you and let our chains fall. In Christ's name, amen.
1: So I throw up my
2: hands and praise you again.
1: get shy on me, lift up your song. cause you got a lion inside of those Yet get up and praise the Lord, I on my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song.
0: Have a great week in the Lord. And remember, you get out of here, you got battles. So lead them with praise. Have a great week. Say hi to somebody. Say see you next week. God bless. Don't forget Miriam's table out there too.